Hi, thanks for tuning in to the Bacon Wire podcast. On today's episode, the boys and I talked about Max Christie's commitment, college football probably getting moved back to spring, and the continuing delays of tenant. And then Mitch came on, and we talked about The Last Jedi. Stay tuned. Here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not dragging my nutsack across Michigan Twitter's forehead, I'm Spartan Dog 97. I'm joined by the boys. Uh, how was, guys, how was your 4th of July weekend? 4th of July weekend, it was fun. Um, I really didn't do much, just kind of hung around, uh, went to a bonfire with just like four or five people, um, just some friends from high school and college, just kind of hung out, drank a little bit, tried some high noons, which were awesome. A uh, big fan of those now, but no, everything just super chill. Yeah, just did some yard work, drove a bobcat for a little bit, and hung out. Besides that, did a little bit of golfing, so I'm ruining football. I'm doing my part to ruin football. Yeah, you know, I went, I went up north, and I just, I went on a bender, basically. Um, <laughs> you know, but it was cool. Hung out with some good friends, had some good time. Um, and let's start with football. Actually, we have some big news in college basketball, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on this first. Um, the Ivy league is supposed to announce tomorrow, uh, what their plans are for fall athletics. And most coaches believe it's going to be moved to spring. So if everything goes like the college basketball, like college basketball, then the Ivy League is going to be the first to move. They're going to take all the criticism, and then within the next few days, the other the other leagues are going to follow. So I, it looks like we're gonna we're gonna end up having football in the spring this year. Yep, Matt Brown was right. Yeah, yeah. When we talked to our friend Matt Brown about it, you know, it was, you know, they weren't going to cancel the season, but it's it look it's looking more and more like we're going to have spring football this year, which. Could be kind of cool, Brett. You brought up the possibility of, of you know, of March Madness and college football going on at the same time. That would be, that'd be fucking wild. Yeah, and, that's a rest. That's like gamblers' like wet dream. Oh my god! You could um, have a weekend with like some really kick-ass college basketball, some good college football, and the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Sorry, god. I made the noise, but. Oh, Lordy. Lordy. Um, so, yeah, just off the top, expect the Ivy League to move to spring, and then I would say by the end of the week, all of Division One would be moved to spring, I would assume. So, yeah, I, by this I, time – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, Brett, go ahead. No, I mean, I ultimately, I think it's the right move. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Ivy League, when kind of conference play was – conference tournaments were going on uh, – in March, they were the first one to say we're canceled, not postponed. Um, so I think them really just being like the leaders of that as well as what they're going to do with college football. Um, I personally, I think everybody wants to see football this fall, but if you had to give me the two options of no football all year, or just going to get moved to spring for a year, I mean, who does, who's not going to take the spring option? Yeah. Right. And um, you know, I have, we have this running bit, right, where we just send 
the Ivy League announcement that they're canceling the basketball tournament. We go, wow, have you guys seen this? Have you guys looked at this yet? <laughs> and I did it le- I did it over the weekend. And when I went back to look at the tweets, like the 48 hours after the, after the tournament got canceled, before everyone else started following suit, was insane. I mean, these, it's not that bad. It's just the flu. Da-da-da. Like, it's... It's crazy. So, you know, that's that's going to be that. But that's the bad news. Here's some good news. Tom Izzo is in his bag on the recruiting trail. Uh, we just picked up Max Christie today. Um, a number – what is he, the number four player in the country? I think, I think he's number 12, but 12 he's the number one shooting guard. Yeah. Yeah, number one shooting guard in the nation for the 2021 class. Um, he's got great length. He, he's sitting at 185 right now, I believe. Um, he yep. told, who did he tell? He told Brandon Quinn that he put on 15 pounds of muscle. So that's going to be fun to watch. And, you know, it's looking more and more like we're going to have, you know, this, this awesome kick-ass super class that's gonna, that's gonna transpire. So I'm excited. It's 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 a, it's been a great week. There's just a very insecure fan base <laughs> an hour away from MSU that is just they are they are not handling it very well. And it's so funny how they're just the only thread they have left to hang on to is what is it? Michigan will have the better composite score class. Sounds good. Yeah, whatever yeah. they can put into a spreadsheet. Like, we don't give a fuck what they think right now. I don't. And I just love how they're melting down even more than we thought. And there's some dudes who are just – they still can't get over the fact that – or the, the possibility that Amani more than likely will play here, here, unless the NBA completely changes the rules. Like, I, their, their, their heads are going to go scanners if he does play in that <laughs> MSU. My favorite take from like the from like the the quote unquote rational Michigan fans is that like is I think I saw a tweet from someone who was like, "Wow, both schools are recruiting really well. Like, let's focus on both schools and how well they're both recruiting." And like, if M- if Michigan and MSU flipped classes, it wouldn't be. <laughs> Wow, both schools are recruiting really well. It would be, see, we told you Jawan would dominate Izzo on the recruiting trail and all this shit. So Beat your ass by nine points, Shardy. Yeah. <laughs> Take your L, lick your wounds, and just go the fuck away. I don't want to see a fucking spreadsheet about how you guys won both women's golf matchups last year. I don't give a fuck. I love how Hornboy tweeted that. Keep your fucking window closed. Because <laughs> guess it. what? If you open your window for oh. too long, your girlfriend's going to try to escape your fucking Michigan dungeon. He has all of his windows dead bolted <laughs> with like a combination lock that only he knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's 734. <laughs> for, uh, for the uninitiated, that's Michigan's all-time winning percentage. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know that. I just do. Oh, you've probably seen it on Twitter a thousand times. 
Yeah. It's or, just, or it's, it's um four four one zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three three nine. A combination nine, of all those. Zero nine four. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's uh you know, Max Christie. Let's mm-hmm. it's popping. Eastland yep. you know, it's popping. It's gonna be this you know, I think this year is gonna be pretty interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Because if football moves to spring, then we're going to have a shortened college basketball season. I don't think that's you know Matt Brown, friend of the pod, pointed that out today. Is like if students aren't going to be on campus in September, they're not going to be on campus in November. So right, right. You know all these like preseason tournaments. Michigan can't repeat as battle for Atlant- Atlantis champions. That really sucks for them. But you uh, know like like uh, the Maui Invitational and. You know, all these tournaments that are used to kind of as tune-ups are just are just gone now. And there's going to be like a compacted conference play schedule, I think. So it'll be interesting to see if, if schools nationwide adopt a fall online-only system, which I think that was the plan all along. Like, I, I don't mean to be like Illuminati tinfoil hat here. But, like, schools had to say they were returning to campus in the fall, so students wouldn't go, fuck you, I'm taking a gap year. Mm-hmm. So now that, like, most students are locked into leases and, you know, other living arrangements, they're going to start going online. Like, my brother's going to be a sophomore at MSU right now, and he only has one in-person class the entire semester. And, like, he's pretty sure that's going to get moved online, too. But he already signed a 12-month lease, and college town leases are just fucking impossible to break. I mean. Right. So, I mean, he could he could live in the apartment or house for the school year, just not going to be able to attend class in person. Right. And, what, just, is it, he, and what are kids going to do when they're not attending in-person classes and they're in East Lansing? They're going to fucking party. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, you do all this shit to prevent the spread of COVID, and then you're like, sorry, we can't help you with your leases. God bless you. Good luck. <laughs> like they're just going to fucking, they're going to, what do you expect? What do you expect someone who lives on Charles to do? Like just like sit in his, sit in his fucking dumpy ass house, sit in their dumpy ass house. That was, that hasn't been taken care of and pay CRMC six sixty five a month plus utilities to, to fucking s- smell the rotted beer. No, they're going to party and they're going to spread. So, like, unless you just have cops sitting out in front of every house from Monday to Sunday, 24 hours a day, breaking up any party that's breaking up any gathering that's larger than 10 people, I don't see how you can realistically do that. And if MSU truly has the student's best interest in heart, then they'll find a way to help students get out of these leases or at least work with the rental companies to like cancel the fall semesters worth of rent payments so they can go. So kids can stay home because it's going to be a fucking mess. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, there's no, like, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, but there's no real answer to what's going to happen. I mean, I'm not an infectious disease expert, but I, I know how to look at a graph and I know what's going on is not good. Um, I don't really know what the plan is. I feel horrible for all these college students because, I mean, those are like the four or in my case, five best years of your life. 
where you just get to hang out with friends. And I mean, even I wasn't like the biggest on like going to lectures and watching a professor read a PowerPoint, but at the same time, like being around like your fellow classmates or whatnot. I mean, that just always, um, it's just a great experience and it helps you grow up. So I hope Michigan state can kind of find some type of middle ground. Um, I just don't know what that is. Yeah. They were talking about, um, their plan right now is any all large lecture style classes like math 103 that's just going to be online because it can be online mm-hmm. so they're going to do that and then like the smaller like specific major classes they're going to move to like bigger lecture halls instead of the classrooms so that they can so they can enforce social distancing and and mass yeah. and all that stuff but yeah and i, th- I think you, you're gonna see i mean i was at uh in east lansing this weekend and one of the the buildings was open the com arts building i was kind of walking through there a little bit um they had different hand sanitizer stations up they had all the drinking fountains they had those taped off you can't even get to them um there's signs everywhere and then i really think another thing that they might implement like you mentioned is that um they might have people at the doors let's say they have like a 20 person lecture in wells hall you're going to have somebody at the door um, wearing all the PPE. They're going to be taking temperatures and approving somebody whether they can go in or not. I think that's really the best that they can do is almost setting like setting up TSA stations. Yeah. And, you know, President Stanley sent out an email today and, and you know, they, he said, basically, we're preparing, you know, to, to welcome people to campus and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're going to see what happens, but you know, and he mentioned that fall athletics are going forward as planned. Hmm. And if in a week and a half, I would be surprised. I would be surprised to find out if that was still the case. I would be, I would be shocked. I think that all the power five and group of five commissioners know that it's getting moved to spring. They're Mm -hmm. just waiting for the Ivy league to take the, they're just waiting for the Ivy league to take the lumps so that they can, Right. that they can kind of go in after. So yeah, you don't but, want to take that PR hit. Right. They don't want to take the, they don't want to, they don't want to get, you know, they don't want to be the first one. Right. It's like you finish, you didn't study for a test and you just fill in the answers and you just let it sit on your desk for 20 minutes while you wait for other people to, to turn it in. And then you're you like wait this like two, three minutes be, until like maybe one or you wait till the second person turns a quiz and then you, then you kind of like pretend you're looking at it. And then, <laughs> right. So you don't get that. So you don't get that side eye from the teacher. And it's like, you failed this, didn't you? Like you didn't do shit for this. Did you? The, la- the last thing about Amani and Christy, and I just want to say you guys, you smell that that's Izzo getting his second and third natties. <laughs> that, hey, in the air. You I really know, think this upcoming team, this upcoming team is going to have as good a shot as any. Yeah, that's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun couple of years. Yeah, I can't. You know, I can't wait to see what they do. What they do at point. You know, um, I yeah. think coach Coach Fife hinted towards hinted towards maybe Rocket running point, and you know, having a more having a more explosive guard. I think is going to open up a lot of opportunities for a lot of kicks, a lot of kickouts, a lot of a lot of pick and pops, you know, something that, you know, God bless Cassius, but you know, he just, he just didn't have, he doesn't have the explosive ability that rocket does and kind of having him and, 
having him, having him and Malik Hall on the wings and, you know, Swish Brown, you know, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> Professor Swishy Swish. Yeah, Professor Swishy Swish. No Gabe, no Gabe Brown slander will be tolerated on this podcast. He, I've been watching some of his videos, and he's been working on it a little bit. Yeah, he's working I, with Imani. And he's working with Imani, and he's got the mindset of playing point guard. And I think it's going to be a mixture of what he probably learned from Cash for a little bit. You know, you can't learn a ton, but you can watch him. I think he's going to be more closer to Denzel. If we get, if we can get like a peak Rocket Watts, I think something closer to Denzel because Denzel could drop dimes to anybody. Yeah, Rocket, Rocket's amazing. Yeah, and you know we still don't know whether whether X is coming back. I think, I think the feeling is that he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so Unless we'll the Knicks offer him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm good. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds good. I'm gonna Leaves stay. Him Leaves him on read. Yeah. Uh, hey, this is James. Do- nope. <laughs> Like, hello, hello. <laughs> You're cutting out. <laughs> yes, I'm going through a tunnel. <sighs> so yeah, that's that's that. Um, you know, other fun things. I found a PS3 emulator for PC. Shout out, shout out the boy Dylan. He hooked it up. Holy shit! Um, yeah, you might have to s- slide that link over. I think somebody I saw it the other day. I just didn't save it. Yeah, it requires um, it requires a lot of processing power to run it. So, like, you know, the the rig I built yeah, for podcasting slash gaming, it runs fine. Um, but, yeah, I've been playing NCAA 14, and goddamn, I fucking love that game so much. I Slider tried to, check? Um, I'm playing on – I'm playing on All-American. Listen, I'm not okay. – I'm not hey. – I'm not playing Heisman. <laughs> you know, I'm, not, I'm no – I'm no Gus – I'm no Gus Duggerton, you know, it's still, it's still a little buggy, you know, it freezes. It's not, it's not the best. So we just gotta, we just gotta hold on. So yeah, there's that, um, you know, that there's not a lot going on right now. You know, there's the FC Dallas is opting out of the return to MLS tournament thing they're doing. I don't give a shit about the MLS, honestly. Have you seen uh, that Twitter account, like um, MLS, like quarantine behind the scenes or something, like posting a lot of shit that's happening from like inside the bubble, like they like basically shit that's going wrong for them. This looks like a really crappy bubble. Like it looks like they're staying in a Motel Six or something, because like one video was like a guy's faucet, like at the bathroom sink was not running at all. And it broke off, like the faucet handle just fell off. And one video was like of a snake in the hotel room, like a little garden snake. Like holy shit! That's, that's one thing. That's that's one thing I loved out of Sochi was just like all these journalists <laughs> reporting like how shitty their hotels were. That was the fun thing about Sochi. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh. God, I forgot. Isn't about that, that coming up next year? The Olympics? Yeah, the Tokyo Olympics got moved back a whole year. So, you know. For now. For now. Yeah, we'll I'm see sure what it'll happen the next year. I I I would I would put money on it. Yeah, unless AstraZeneca makes the COVID nineteen vaccine like eight thousand dollars a dose, which <laughs> they probably will. Yeah, but I do, I mean I mean that's something we could talk about. There's been a lot of really good um items that come out of potential vaccines. I think 
the one you just mentioned, AstraZeneca, they have, um, they're optimistic they're going to have something by October. Um, I know, yeah, I know the U.S., like, uh, their Operation Warp Speed, they're just throwing billions of dollars at these companies, just securing as many vials of this vaccine that they can get. I mean, so good for us. Um, But I'm, I mean, I'm very optimistic that we're going to have some type of vaccine by the end of the year, early 2021. Um, Then it just, I, I don't know what order you kind of vaccinate people in. Do you go high risk first? Do you go, is there an age? Is it just first come, first serve? Or that's how they're going to fucking do hey. Well, know. you know, let's throw on the, let's throw on the tinfoil hat. Um, they already have the vaccine, if we're going to be honest. They already have the vaccine and then, uh, <laughs> hey. and then they're going to walk in they already have it synthesized. They have the vaccine and then they have like, and then they have like a highly potent form and they're going to walk right into Manhattan correctional and just go boop (laughs) right into uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. So. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. Let's uh, just give our condolences to her family. Yeah. Uh, She's not going to be with us much longer. RIP in peace. Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah, I said that wrong on purpose. So, uh, you know, Dershowitz. Can we talk about Alan Dershowitz real quick? Who the fuck? Absolutely. Alan? Okay, go ahead. I-, I need to refresh my memory. He was OJ's lawyer. He was one of OJ's lawyers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was Epstein's lawyer, and he he's just you know he's uh he's going through it. Oh my god. He was like, he wrote like an op-ed and was like, you know, I never knew her as a mistress. I ate at their house many times and I've been to the island. (laughs) And it's like, I never saw anything. It's like, you never saw a thing at the mansion of a well-known sex trafficker and his pedophile island. You never saw a thing. And then he tweeted the other day, it was like, you know, again, remember, this guy represented Jeffrey Epstein. So he's probably privileged to a lot of information. He's like, I hope they release the tapes because it would show that I'm not on them. (laughs) And I'm like, are you not on them because you took the tapes? You took the (laughs) tapes as exchange for retainer or... (laughs) Right, yeah, there's a reason you're not on those tapes. It's yeah. not because you weren't with them. No, so, you know, this thing is, this thing's crazy, and we're never going to find out the whole truth. And, no. And I just, it'll be so, it's going to be so frustrating when she just, like, gets COVID and coughs so hard, she, like, cuts her throat open because she just, <laughs> you know, there's so much air, blah, it just explodes out of her explodes out of her carotid artery and her jugular and the yeah the, and the that's when the video cameras are going under maintenance right in that hour so <laughs> and they're taking didn't they take her to the same facility that epstein uh yeah in? Yep. yeah okay probably yeah. the same cell yeah <laughs> his blood's probably still on the sheets <laughs> they didn't even throw they didn't even throw them out they were just like you know they're just gonna get dirty again yeah we got another one coming in. No, it's crazy though. Like we talked about um, how COVID is like the biggest story of however long. 
But if like any of the, like we ever found out what was going on with like Epstein and all those people, that would blow COVID out of the water mm-hmm. in terms of like talking material and what actually is going on. Because a couple of years ago, what was it? That Pizzagate? Like everyone just like laughing at that dude who's like trying to sneak into the arcade basement. And now you have like, there's actual evidence that like something's going on. I don't know if all the details of Pizzagate, but I mean, there's like some weird stuff going on there. Yeah. Basically, if you, if your net worth is more than, it's crazy. Like if your net worth is more than a hundred million dollars and you gain that net worth from the years of 1965 to 2003, you have a picture with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Like it's crazy. <laughs> Like I found one of Elon (laughs) and I I used it on Elon. Like I tweeted it at Elon. I hit him with a, I hit him with a, this you. He'd probably respond. And so it's just like, we're never going to find out what these people know because they're going to, they're going to kill themselves before we find out, but kill themselves. Right. (laughs) Oh, Cassie wants to watch. There's a Netflix documentary on Epstein. I'm like, you're uh, not going to find out what the fuck happened. Right. It's just going like to be what, really messed up. It's going to be what you already know. Like, I know, but I want to know more about it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> power to you. But I just want to wait until we fucking know what happens, which probably never is going to happen. No. And, uh, like my favorite thing was like Fox News over the weekend tweeted a photo <laughs> and they cut out Trump. Like Trump was in the photo with Epstein and they just cut up, but they left Melania in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you imagine his reaction if they would have tweeted like the real the full picture? Oh man. You were a man. Tweet storm 2020. The biggest. I, this is, you know, like, Oh, I I can't wait to figure out more, and I can't wait for Max Christie and Imani Bates to come on campus. I can't wait for college football, whether it be in the fall or the spring. Yeah, um, and I'm sure. I mean, what do you guys? What do you? What's your guys' preference? Do you want to see college football in the spring? Because that my personal feeling is like, if we have it in the fall, it's going to be some type of like shortened season, or it's just going to randomly get canceled, like in middle of October. Right. I I want it in the spring if the vaccine stuff is really going to be ready to go even by January. Mm-hmm. That gives you enough time to prep for a season and start it like the weekend after the Super Bowl, just do 12 straight games or however the fuck you want to do it and get this shit done and, and, and start next year, maybe two, three weeks later, just to give a, a, a tiny bit of breathing room, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's no, there's no guarantee that the whole season's going to be played if they start the season. Right. So I would rather them, I would rather them move it to spring, so that you know a full season can be played, and you know maybe even maybe even we can have stadiums at full capacity again if we if we have a vaccine. And right. and you know I think. I think that helps. I think it helps coaches like like Coach Tucker, who is already working with this team and is now going to get an extra eight months. You know, whether or not that extra time is going to be socially distanced or not, 
remains to be seen. A good portion of it probably is. But, yeah, I mean, if, if the option is we can try it, but if shit goes south, then the whole thing's canceled and yeah. it's just not going to happen. Or we can move it to spring and there's a guarantee we'll be able to finish the season and we'll probably have fans in the, back in the stadium. Then, yeah, give me the – Give me the give me the fucking give me the fucking spring season because you know what you can do if you plan it out right. College football playoff semifinals Saturday, ooh, Monday of Memorial Day weekend. Mm. Holy shit! <laughs> that would be fucking awesome, right? I'm not sure, like. I'm not sure the math, so you would need 15 weeks. So yeah. that would be February. So if you start at the week after the Super Bowl. So 13 is including a conference title weekend. Well, you would need 16 if, if we're including 16 17. with conference titles because each yeah. team, most teams get two bye weeks. So unless you started the playoff just week 14. Yeah, unless you do a nine-game season or, you know, something like that, um, you would – I would need to include two week breaks. Um, you know, whether or not there's going to be, I think what's really going to be interesting to see if, see is if the bowls transfer over, like obviously like the new year six bowls are still going to happen, but I'd be interesting to see if like, if the Duke's mail bowl is like, yeah, we'll move. As long as the pinstripe bowl stays, I don't care about anything else. <laughs> oh, we need to repeat our title. I was so pissed they didn't go to the they didn't go to the um Motor City Bowl or whatever the fuck it's no. called now. I the was Quick like, Lane Bowl. I was like, this is a fucking lock at six and six. But who went who went instead of us? Was it per no, it wasn't Purdue, was it? It was Purdue. Yeah, it was Purdue. Cool. Uh, and I'm gonna just shoot my shot before we move on with all the States going uh, going back into other phases. We're not going to get movies until like October at this point. Yeah, no, we're just, good luck. Yeah, I mean, ten October at the earliest, maybe even November. Can I? You know, I thought this was weird when they first announced Tenet being moved to August twelfth. But like, what's up with all these stories about like Christopher Nolan getting pissed that there's like delays? It. Like, what? I don't buy it. Like, why is Warner Brothers trying to make Nolan look like a bad guy? Like, he has parents. You know what I mean? Like, he has family. It's not like he's he just had, one dude who apparates to do a movie and then disappears in editing and then reappears to do press and then disappears. Like, I, he lives in the world. He knows what's going on. He has two kids. He has a wife. Like, he, I, I could see him getting annoyed because it is like, you know, he probably does have that, like, I want to bring movie theaters back because he wrote that whole op-ed about saving theaters. But he's smart enough to realize that to save theaters, you might have to push this back until a vaccine is just about ready to be distributed worldwide. Right, because you know what's really going to kill theaters is if they open up to open your movie and the movie bombs because no one wants to go to the theater. Warner Brothers cannot risk a $250 million movie bombing. Right. So, you know, it'll be, I'll be interested to see 
you know, if this, you know, when this goes into the fall, I don't think it's a matter of if anymore. It's a matter of when this goes into the I, fall. You I'm know, guessing we, October 2nd is, is the day we'll be seeing this movie. And then Wonder Woman moves. It's like that whole chain effect happens again. I wouldn't I even be the play. I wouldn't even put it at October. I don't think we're. I don't think we're seeing another major release, a major studio release this year. I'm just gonna lay my. I'm just gonna lay it out, just based on the way I'm seeing things. If there's no college football, there's not a chance in hell movie theaters are gonna reopen this year at all. I'm Broadway's already closed until 2021. Yeah, theaters right. are gonna be closed the rest of the year, so it'll be interesting to see like what studios do. Like obviously, Warner Brothers isn't gonna throw like Wonder Woman and Tenant on PVOD or whatever the fuck they're calling no it. No fucking way. There's but no you way. know, what is Disney? You know, Disney, they're holding on to two Marvel shows, right? They're holding on to two Disney plus Marvel shows. And for Black Widow, I'm assuming Black Widow, like that's why. I I think Mulan's coming to Disney plus sooner or later. Yeah, I think. I'm starting to believe that. So, this is an interesting question because Brett, you, you live with, you live with family members. You know, I live with family members, Lucas, you, you have a roommate. Yeah. You have a roommate, (laughs) you know, Disney goes black widow, $80. As soon as you watch it, it's gone. Like there's no 48 out. There's no 48 hour period. You watch it once. It's all. It's gone. You, if you want to watch it again, you got to pay another eighty bucks. Oof. I would do it because my in-laws and I would split it. So forty bucks between Cassie and I, and forty bucks between them. Pretty, you know, a little bit more, but it's pretty close to even. If yeah, it's probably cheaper than going to the theater. Yeah. Um, Have your own snacks. Oh, God, you don't want to know how much I'd pay for Tenet to be on demand. I, I don't want to watch it on demand first because this is built for IMAX, but <laughs> if they did say 100 bucks, you have you have 24 hours to watch it one time after you buy it. I'd say, sign me up. Sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah, no I would just – I would wonder, like, if you only make it available, like, on – It'd be interesting to see what what Disney would do if they were to do that, how they would combat piracy. You know what I mean? Because if you make it available to rent on digital platforms, somebody's just going to record it on their computer and it's up on Put Locker Mm -hmm. as soon as they finish watching it. So You could just go the Netflix route, like uh, saying 500 billion people watched uh, Murder Mystery with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston on opening weekend. Right, but the thing, the thing is, though, is like we know what this movie costs. Like we don't know what we don't know what murder mystery costs. Like there's an idea. Like Netflix doesn't release anything. We know we know Black Widow costs 120 million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, like, what is you know based on? And we know their marketing was basically complete. So they probably have $250 million sunk into this movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you just keep holding it. And then, you know, the collateral damages, you have to hold Falcon and Winter Soldier because something in Falcon and Winter Soldier is caused directly by Black Widow. 
or Florence Pugh pops up as Black Widow. Right. In, and everyone's in, like, what the fuck's going on? In Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Then That'd be what, free, by the way. I I would I trust me, I I need to call a doctor because my erection has lasted way longer than four <laughs> hours. Um I, I wanna see movies again, like I'm starting to get you know, I'm starting to miss it. Um but I I've had way too many experiences with people coughing and just like you know how you go watch a movie like I like to watch movies by myself, like in theaters. I like to go during the day if I'm off work or if I'm just not doing anything. And I I cannot fucking stand it. I hope this ends when you're sitting, you pick like your perfect spot and the theater is completely empty. And then someone just literally picks the seat right next to you. That should be a policy from now on that. Like if you're, you can't sit, you're like empty theater. You got to sit away from everybody or you got to sit another row up or some shit. Yeah. That's like, that's a very Larry David-esque. Oh, absolutely. Esque gripe. Um, absolutely. It bugs the shit out of me because it's an empty theater. It's like parking your car in a, in a pretty empty lot and then someone literally parks right next to you. Yeah. And they're like over the line and like, yeah. you can't, like you gotta like, you gotta squeeze to get in your own car. Yeah. Yep. I, I want movies again, but um, I just don't know. Like there was a spot I, I got up and watched uh Good Morning America, you know, because I'm over my 30s, so I have to watch, you know, Good Morning America when I wake up and uh, have my coffee and read the newspaper. And, uh, prune juice. Yeah, prune juice. <laughs> and, uh, and I had and a spot for Tenet came on the screen, and Cassie looked at me and smiled. I'm like, there's no fucking way it's coming August 12th. I'd shit my pants if it comes out August 12th. And I have to say it has to be out by October 2nd because you do know the bet that Sav and I have. Yeah. So I've, I've got to keep the faith for October 2nd. Yeah, the, uh, the stakes are the stakes are high. It's not looking good for me, but hey, I'm 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 not giving up until until October 2nd comes and goes. The, the stakes the, the the stakes are definitely high for you. Yeah, it really couldn't be much higher. No, it would get much higher. Oh, oh, okay. Get it. Um did you guys watch Hamilton at all? Like no. Plus? no, no, I'm not. I didn't have three hours this weekend, and oh. plus, like I already know, like what I'm going into, I'm gonna have to watch that movie so goddamn much. <laughs> like just over the years in the future, like I can already feel it. That yeah. like I don't want to like. I'm just I'm I'm saving the burnout for later. It was it was good, you know. As someone who I'm not gonna spend a thousand dollars a ticket to watch Lin-Manuel Miranda on, on the stage, but I thought it was pretty good. I think David Diggs was the best part. Like he's fucking amazing as like a rapper and just to perform like his charisma was great. Lin-Manuel was really good, but like if it were me, I'd come out of that theater going, man, I came for Lin-Manuel, but David Diggs and Lamar or Leslie, I call him Lamar Odom. (laughs) (laughs) Leslie Odom Jr. Stole the show. It was good, but, like, when Cassie pressed play and we're, like, 20 minutes in and, you know, it's going well, but then she, like, pauses. She's like, holy shit. And I go, what? Two hours and 29 minutes left. I'm like, whoa. All right. We got to fucking watch it. Let's watch it. 
just to say we did. Yeah, um, you know, I'll probably watch it sooner Fuck. or later. Good but. songs. There's some really good songs, and Cassie cried like four fucking times, and I, I choked up once. I, I am a man enough to admit that. I choked up once. But that was it. 80 out of 100 official score. All right. So let's bring let's bring uh, Mackinac Mitch and Trevor on, and let's discuss The Last Jedi. All right, we're back. Uh, we now welcome on Mitch, and we're going to do The Last Jedi. Um, you know, Mitch, we want to get your opening thoughts before you jump in. Uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm not a hater of, like, really any movies for the most part. So, like, uh, I know The Last Jedi is really split. Either you, you love it, like, a lot, or you hate everything about it. Uh, I thought it was a really good movie. Um, Luke was a little whiny about the all, you know, like about the old way and whatever. Um, try, you know, didn't want to show Ray the ways of the Force really, and then um, freaked out when she went to the darkness. But like, he didn't really coach her at all. So like. She, he just told her to feel everything, and then she did, and he freaked out about it. Um, but uh, it, it was a good movie. Uh, it was it was the best of the uh, sequel trilogy for sure. Um, I mean, the the Rise of Skywalker was good, but it was mostly fan service the whole time. So, um, you know, they just tried to hit on all this nostalgia. This was actually like a good standalone film. Yeah, you know, I think um I think this movie kind of got drowned out by the bullshit, the bullshit around it, you know. Um if like if you were to watch Last Jedi and Empire back to back, you would see a lot more similarities than you would differences. Um you know, I truly believe that this is the second best Star Wars anything behind Empire. I, I truly believe that. And the people who like Empire hate The Last Jedi for the same reasons. You know, because Luke, Luke's... Luke's reluctant and whiny in Empire. You know, he's reluctant and whiny in Last Jedi. There's a parentage twist in Last Jedi, and there's a parentage twist in Empire. You know, in Empire, a hero, a hero makes a sacrifice, and in Last Jedi you know, a hero tries to make a sacrifice. You know, there's a lot, and people do make sacrifices in Last Jedi. You know, I think, I think it wasn't what people wanted it to be, you know, and 
there's this, you know, the, the old saying just is evergreen. Nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. So I, I don't think if this movie was exactly what every single person wanted it to be, then they would still hate it because it was too predictable. So whether or not this movie accomplishes what you personally wanted to accomplish, I don't think you can deny that it's a really interesting piece of of filmmaking, of franchise filmmaking from a guy who really, I think, has a lot to say about this universe. And I think it's a shame that he's probably not going to get his own trilogy of movies to say what he wants to say. Because, you know, a lot of people, here comes my first hot take about this movie. A lot of people hate the Canto Bright, the Canto Bright part of the film. But I love it because I think it raises this interesting point that people in, that people don't think about, you know, is like we're in war movies, right? And this is just war movies in general. People are so focused on the conflict that like there's this entire class of people that is entirely unaffected. And they're like, they're not even on the chessboard. They're the ones playing chess. And like I think I think that's a really interesting kind of thing to fold into this movie. And whether or not it was successful, you know, I think can be debatable. I think that, you know, I think there are some things about Can Albright that works and some things about it that don't work, but that that message and that kind of that kind of symbology works really well. So, you know, I I just wanted, you know, I'll open it up to the boys. You know, what are you guys, what are you, what are your guys' thoughts? Brett, this is your first time seeing this movie, so I'm really interested. You know, you don't come with the, with the baggage of being a lifelong Star Wars fan and being heavily invested. So I'm really interested to hear what you think. Yeah, so really my thoughts on the movie, just like, like you said, like I don't have like the, the years of anticipation building up to this. You just kind of, you fire off every movie each week, basically. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was well done. It was entertaining. Um, like you said, next to really just uh, the Empire Strikes Back. I think this is right up there. This is probably like probably the second or third favorite of the series I watched. Um, I think I mentioned this offline, but watching the movies in terms of coming from the 70s to the late 90s, early 2000s to uh, the 2010s when they're producing these movies, it's really cool to see how the films have evolved, seeing some of the actors age, uh, and I just really enjoyed this movie. Um, I, I'm kind of struggling to add anything onto what you guys have said because you guys have, I mean, the experts on Star Wars, but really just like as an outsider, watching this movie was a very enjoyable experience. Lucas, I know you feel similarly to I do. So if you have anything to add, go ahead. And um, I got notes, but you know, I'm not going to say them all, but I'm going to hit on some, but my opening remarks are, I think I'm right there with you, Spartanog. This is easily the second best Star Wars movie ever made. And I I think Return of the Jedi is closer than I thought when I first saw Last Jedi. But I was just... I think this is a good follow-up. This was a good continuation 
of Force Awakens, but like Mitch said, it's a good standalone movie. And I think that's the, the problem that a lot of Star Wars fans have is that they probably felt, obviously for, you know, like killing Luke and, you know, some other shit that happens in this movie, they felt that wasn't part of the way it was supposed to be. But I felt like this movie, I'm going to talk about it in my notes, but I felt like this could have been a movie to put Star Wars in a different direction had they not gotten scared and let Ryan Johnson continue the story. Because I know originally it wasn't even going to be Ryan Johnson doing episode nine. I think he was going to write a treatment for the, for the script, but he was never in the, in the discussion to direct even before the movie failed quote unquote in Disney's eyes. Because I remember um, when they announced episode nine, like when they showed the teaser last year, you know, they wouldn't even call it The Last Jedi. They'd just say Episode Eight, And they said for everything else, they said Force. They, even for the prequels, they said the full name. So it was just very weird how this movie is so, like Mitch said, you love it or hate it. And I get why people hate it, but I make fun of them still. I do. Because how can you hate this and then love Episode Nine? Which I'm not looking forward to watching that movie again, but that's, a, that's for next week. Um... I just have to say at the beginning that, you know, Mark Hamill, this, like, you know, like they said, Force Awakens was Han's movie. Last Jedi was Luke's movie. Rise of Skywalker was Leia's movie. Obviously couldn't be as big of a movie for obvious reasons, unfortunately. But I thought Mark Hamill in, was just fucking amazing. This, this might have been his best Star Wars movie, in my opinion. I thought he was fucking incredible. You know, he, he pretty much led the movie from start to finish. I know Ray had a huge part of it, but I felt that Mark Hamill was far and away the best part of this movie. And I can see his, cause I remember at first he was very upset with this movie. Wasn't he? He was very upset with it. Yeah, he was. He, I think the word he used was it wasn't the way he wanted to he wanted to progress with the story um you know i don't think he was i don't think he was pissed off or whatever i just think yeah he was he was slightly annoyed he thought he was gonna you know he thought he was gonna do a little more but i think you know a lot of that's the most common the most common criticism of this movie right is like it's not luke and it's like it's not Luke isn't Luke isn't an irrational headstrong whiny baby like what what the fuck are you talking about dude like that's Luke's entire character it is Luke Skywalker right so you know i thought you know the overarching theme of this movie is um you know rip jackson maine letting the old ways die you know and i yeah. And, you know, that goes both within the universe and outside of the universe, right? Like, they set something up really interesting where Ray wasn't related, wasn't part of one of, like, five families who seemed to control every outcome in the universe, she right? She was just an average person. She was a crack baby, basically, more <laughs> or less. Um, 
you know, there is no, you know, there was going to be no redemption for a, for someone in the Skywalker bloodline. You know, there was going to be no, you know, there was going to be no, there was going to be no Skywalker to save the day, right? It was going to come down to this small group of people. And I think if they had just doubled down on one of those things, I think episode nine had, could have been better. It very easily could have been better, Um, but they panicked. They, they got scared. Right. You know, they panicked. They, they were like, all right, fuck. Um, yeah, they were like, "Oh, the nerds hate this!" Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's literally, like that's what happened. That was the 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 mega the mega nerds were like, "Oh, they hate it. Oh, we hate this!" And Disney pooped its pants. And I think that's the difference between Lucasfilm and Marvel, right? Like, Kevin are, Feige's gonna do whatever he wants, right? Kevin Feige is gonna Kevin Feige is gonna stir, serve the overarching story, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I remember in the aftermath of Endgame, you know, killing killing Natasha wasn't a popular decision. That hurt. It's I cry every time. Yeah, killing you know killing Tony wasn't a popular decision. That one. Did. But it serves the story. Right? It was an incredible. The thing, incredible decision. I, that. Yeah, and and. But uh, you crying I, is the point. Right before right? we go. Yeah, and before we go too far off on a tangent. They made the decision to kill him. They can't now spend the rest of Phase Four trying to bring him back, right? You know yeah, what I mean? and it'll be interesting to see what they do. What they do going forward, you know, I don't think that there's any substantiation to them bringing him back. You know, he's obviously going to be in Black Widow just because of where the time, like where the yeah. time it, you know, based on where it's at in the timeline of the MCU. But you know, I don't think that it's gonna you know he might make cameos here and there like he'll probably have a cameo in multiverse of madness or you know but again Feige you know Feige serves the story and the entire franchise is better off for it right he trusts he trusts his creators to make something that can exist both as separate pieces of art yet serve this bigger overarching narrative and I don't think the same that the same thing exists in Lucasfilm because everything in Luke everything is canon, right? Everything that Lucasfilm like everything is canon. Like our my my internet dad Jeff D. Lowe said this. Right? <laughs> if if Star Wars came out with a if Lucasfilm and Disney published a Star Wars coloring book, right? Everything in it has to ex- has to already exist within the universe right and that hit me when i was playing fallen order the other day i get to kashik and i see saw guerrera right so it just everything has to everything has to mesh within this within this narrative and i think that's what makes that's what makes lucasfilm so finicky right they're not willing to kind of they're not willing to broaden the horizon. Everything has to serve this tight, this this tight interconnected narrative. They can't. And then they tried to do it in TLJ, and they, you know, like I mean, they they spent you know half the movie talking about Finn and Rose, and then 
<laughs> and then just pooped on it in nine. Like, yeah, that's totally fucking ignored in nine. That was the thing among the things that pissed me off in nine. Like, as a human being, as a like as a person who like exists, that pissed me off the most because it basically gave validation to the people who just fucking relentlessly bullied her right that she's not in the movie so it's like see we were right she sucks Mm -hmm. because she's not in the movie it gave validation to the most toxic part of this fucking fan base (laughs) the mega nerds right the (laughs) The fucking the fucking incels the incels on on you know forums who you know, spend all their free time fucking coming up with alternate episode eights and all this <laughs> shit. And they spread like those crazy ass tw- Will Last Jedi be remade by Lucasfilm? Click right. here to find out more. Right. They made $1.2 billion. It wasn't a failure by any stretch of the means in the financial terms. And it was pretty well received critically. Like some, there were some critics who didn't like it, but. It's not like it was this gigantic dump that just filled your screen for two hours. I think the problem, the problem was instead of just, instead of putting the ball, instead of just putting their nutsack on the table with episode seven, they (laughs) went as, they went as safe as possible. Yeah. Right, so that set expectations going forward, right, is that this is just going to be a safe, enjoyable trilogy. And then when Ryan Johnson turns in like this, this deconstruction and this kind of meta-narrative on, on the politics and the, and the story of Star Wars, right, both, both within the canon and outside of it, that they were go okay this is going to be the direction that we're going in now and when fans hated it they got scared and then they went safe again yeah so really fucking safe that was the problem is that i'm sure they i don't think that they were that they didn't have an overarching vision for what the trilogy was going to be i just think they I think they zag, they zagged too many times. Mm-hmm. They'll go, all right, we'll go safe. And then like, if they were going to, if they were going to take a swing, they should have kept swinging. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, they, they played it safe. They swung and then they, and then they were like, all right, we, you know, that would be like a pitcher going, that would be like a hitter. Right. It would be like, all right, I took ball one. I swung, I missed. Now I'm never swinging at another pitch again. That's exactly what happened, you know, and it's like Mark D'Antonio after the 2016 recruiting class. That's exactly, you know what? That is a perfect fucking example. (laughs) He shot for the stars and it bit him in the ass and he was just too fucking afraid to do it again. That's a great, that's a great fucking parallel, Mitch. That's why we bring you on this podcast, my man. That's fucking perfect. that was that's a perfect parallel. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't have got there without the uh, baseball reference. So. That's great. Yeah. I mean, right. He shot, right. He was, everything was going so well. They built up so much goodwill and then they do something different. They do something different and Mm -hmm. it just, it worked, but it didn't work as well as people wanted it to. 
So they got freaked out. And they closed drinks and sailed off into the sunset. Right. They short-sided jet sweeped. (laughs) (laughs) It's the jet sweep at at our own one-yard line. It's the jet sweep. The the short-side jet sweep of the Star Wars movies, Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) I'm not looking forward to that. I just some more notes about this movie. Um, what did you guys think about the port? Because you know we talked about the Ewoks. You know, I. Upon rewatch, I didn't really care for the boards that much. They're fucking adorable. They're adorable. That's all. That's really all they are. They 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 don't lend to the story like the Ewoks did, but they're cute. Who cares? They're fucking adorable, dude. Yeah, I have. They're just great. Like, those plushies, got, dude. That is. Shit, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm gonna go find a Funko Pop so I can have one on my desk. <laughs> Hall of Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Hall of Hall of Fame stuffed animal are are the yeah, ports. Like, li, yeah, like list list of cutest characters in Star Wars: Baby Yoda, Porgs, Ewoks. Oh, uh, I'm gonna put this in our chat. Sean sent me this a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was a Porg that he got. Hopefully, you guys can see it in our chat. Oh, god damn it! All right. Let me try. Let me save it. But he got a pork for his uh, his goddaughter. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's why you don't buy from. Oh me. yeah, he sent it. It's got like a fucking snaggle tooth. Yeah. <laughs> let me find it. Uh, I have it saved. Can I attach a file? Probably fucking not. Nope. But whatever. I'll share it later. Maybe I'll put it on the bacon wire account when like we're, you know when we're recording um, or when we post this, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm backing off my pork steak very quickly. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, know. they just don't, they just don't contribute to the story the way the Ewoks do. So if we're talking yeah. about like a useful character, then, then the Ewoks are clearly the more useful uh, stuffed animal, but the porks are absolutely adorable. Yeah. I wish Chewy ate that one, though. You know, it'd be cool if Chewy just like bites his head off and then spits it at the other porg. Like, I'm fucking hungry, man. I'm a big fucking giant animal. I'm really starving. Um, I didn't know Greg Henson was in this movie as Snoke. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan fades back. Swoosh. Um, You stuck it, Michael. And I really like the difference, you know, seeing Luke, you know, in Return of the Jedi, and then about, what, 34 years later, you see him in Last Jedi, and it's incredible how broken he is compared to that moment when you see him become this true legend, this this god, of, not god, you know, literally, but like a god amongst men in Return of the Jedi, you know, defeating the dark side, being the chosen one. And it's like, look what that burden brought him. Like, he fucking almost killed his nephew because he had this moment of like, oh, man, I can see this shit going on in his head. It's like, take that step back and go, okay, I'm not going to pull a lightsaber on him. I'm going to wait for him to wake up and be like, hey, man, let's fucking talk this out. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting – it's an interesting comment on on trauma, right? Like Mm – Luke PSD is what he had for all this shit. Right. And I think that's an interesting, you know, kind of 
that, that was an interesting thing. And, you know, just how I loved his comment to Ray when he was, when she was like, well, how come you didn't rebuild the Jedi order? And he was like, Oh, the same Jedi order that didn't realize that they had a Sith Lord that they gave a Sith Lord emergency powers to like, yeah. <laughs> like something along those lines. It's like, Oh, you'd be the same guys who like, who like let Emperor Palpatine like become Emperor? Like those guys? You were too dumb to realize there's a fucking Sith Lord running our shit. Yeah, the same the same people who are like, who ordered this fucking clone army? And <laughs> <laughs> Palpatine was like, I don't know. And they were like, okay. They, they call their shipping department. Yeah, I got an order for t- ten million clones. Uh, <laughs> do we have a PO on this? You know, did someone purchase this, or, or are we just gonna roll with it? Where's the goddamn invoice? (laughs) Directly approved by Palpatine? Okay, that's fine. That's probably what happened. Okay, it was directly approved by him. Um, And I forgot Admiral Akbar died when when those uh, First Order people shoot at the deck that Leia was on. Yeah, rip to the homies. Pour pour one out for Admiral Akbar. Miss him. And that's the other thing that they got all pissy pants about, too. Yeah, the Leia part. The Leia, like... Mary Poppins moment and it's like did you get all pissy pants when like did you get all pissy pants when Palpatine just started shooting lightning out of his fingers out of nowhere like we never saw that before did you get all pissy pants he's like wait how could we could shoot lightning no that's not what the force is they're just like they're honestly they're probably mad that a woman is one of the most force sensitive people on the planet <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly galaxy yeah. I brought this up last week. Um, I don't know. I think it was off air. It might have been. Mitch, do you follow Red Letter Media at all? I don't know if we... No. Now, they're like a movie review site, and there was like this Onion... I've talked about this last week, so it's not worth bringing up again. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's just ridiculous that, like, her brother is, like, one of the most powerful Jedi... Like in the galaxy, like you don't. And they can't fathom that she also. They is. can't fathom that she pulled like a life saving. She can't a life saving force pull. Like that's the, the way f- she's mastered it. She doesn't use it for combat or anything. She's just really good at that shit. Like the small shit, like that. Not small, but you know what I mean. Like it's like what do you want her eyes? Do you want her eyes to pop out of her fucking skull? Like <laughs> now you now you want realism in your space wizards movie is like when. <laughs> Uh, let's see so this is a quite like just out of curiosity what do you think and i know luke was very dead set like you know i'm gonna die here but what do you think would have made him actually come back with them like if there was a way you could convince this broken old ass dude who's still like got it in him for one more fight what do you think could have made him come back Um, I don't think, I think Luke was just, I think Luke was just running out the clock. You know what I mean? And then, you know, Ray kind of fell into his lap and he was just like, all right. Like there's no, like he was just ready to be one with the force. And I think that, and I think that was just the best way for him to do it. Right. was to try to just teach Kylo one more lesson about like his arrogance and his, you know, maybe try to make him take a step back The when he should have done when he was a kid and you know, it didn't work and you know. And uh, I want to thank, I forget if it was, I think it was crappy MS, MSU Photoshopper 
for photoshopping Hondo's face onto Laura Dern's character, Admiral Holdo. <laughs> I called her Hondo. And I called Lando Hondo. And I'm like, I'm definitely going to call him her, her Hondo by accident. So we'll post that when the podcast comes out. Just want to get it. We're not trying to give we're not trying to give people's nightmares. Like we'll we'll hold on to that one. We're not gonna do that to the good people. Yeah. I I get why uh oh god I'm drawing a blank. What is the pilot's name? Poe. Yeah. Why he was I he was being a massive whiny little bitch the whole movie. And I'm kinda glad that he learned at the end what Holdo's plan was just so he could realize that he was just a whiny little bitch and he needed to trust somebody else. Yeah, Holdo was fucking like ripping him apart and he did. He stood there. Yeah, he was like, Yes, mommy. Yes, mommy. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Tell me I can't go boating. Yeah, (laughs) spit on me. Tell me I can't go on my X Wing, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) Oppress me. (laughs) And I like. I love how, you know, Maz Kanata was a decently important part of Force Awakens. And then in this one, it's like you just get her voicemail pretty much. Thanks for calling. Take care. Sounds good. You know, go do this shit. And she's gone. And she is not even, there's not even a mention of her in episode nine. Well, she shows up at the end to hand Chewie the medal. Don't forget about that. She does? Oh, fuck. I got to... Okay. Yeah, that's just a whole movie. I uh, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal like. I know I she know didn't like playing the role. Like, there's a lot of work, a lot of mocap shit. Yeah, I I wouldn't like playing that role either. If I was fucking, if I was Queen Lupita Nyong'o, <laughs> I was like, like I'm getting snubbed for I'm getting snubbed for Oscar noms. Why the fuck do I gotta wear all this mocap ball shit? Come on the pod, Lupita, if you're miss if you're listening. Yes, Lupita, we would love to have you on the pod, please. Uh let's see what else do I I have to say, you know, the scenes with Rain Kylo like kind of doing their force chatting. Like, you know, Kylo Ren has entered the room, like a chat room type of thing. I thought those were pretty good. Like you get a little bit more you get to know Kylo a little bit more. Like you think he's just this absolute horrible monster in episode seven and he he doesn't really do that much more redeeming in episode eight but you kind of get to understand him a little bit more and like what he's driven towards because like you know he had a father who i have to say we what he probably abandoned him or like wasn't daddy wasn't there like austin powers and (laughs) you know he had a mom who was a a princess and a general and, you know, was just hell bent on being a, you know, a resistance slash rebellion officer. And you had an uncle who was doing the right thing, training you to be the jet, the Jedi that he maybe thought he could be. And then your uncle has one bad moment of judgment and you commit a light genocide at the Jedi temple he was building because of it. You know, he's pretty fucked up for some good reasons. And, I really liked I really liked him and Ray talking because it kind of made him realize that he wasn't like this loner emo guy. Like he was like, "There's more purpose for me than just being this psychotic bastard." Yeah, I just think I like the 
idea of this of Kylo not committing himself to one side or the other, but rather but rather just wanting to build something new. Right. Right. Make the last die. Kill it if you have to. Right. He doesn't want to build a new empire. He wants to do something different. Right. He wants, you know what I mean? That fight to, to understand something greater than, than wanting to repeat that desire to break out of this, this time loop that you seem to be stuck in where you're repeating the past. Yeah. And I think that's a good overarching, you know, that's, that was kind of part of the, the meta narrative, right. Is we're just repeating ourselves again, right. With this new trilogy. And, you know, if, if they had stuck with the original plan, I thought that I thought it could have been, I thought it could have been an interesting deconstruction of of these films you know what i mean i i think uh well before i go on to my next part shirtless kylo ren smoke show <laughs> unit at in all the size of the lad yeah big old boy um and yoda did look pretty fucking cool like it was cool to see him again i know that was a member barry's moment but like he looked pretty cool. It looked, I'm wondering if that was a puppet they used for that. Scene. It was the puppet. It was the puppet. Yeah, it, it was, was the puppet. So, I don't care. It was bad. At, it was so sweet to see Yoda again. Just like Luke, look, we fuck up. That's the Jedi. <laughs> Basically saying that like our brand is failure. <laughs> like Yoda, the John Hamm meme, Yoda, and behind him, Jedi fail. The Michigan football of Star Wars, the Jedi oh. Order. 94 yards, Shardy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the red the red room scene is amazing. Like, when they – like, because you, you don't know how the fuck it's going to go when you first watch this movie. Like, you know, when I was in the theater, I'm sitting there, you know, Kylo's, like, you know, using his one hand to kind of move his grandfather's lightsaber and impale uh, Snoke, uh, Greg Henson, and – um you know, then it goes to Ray and the whole theater's clapping like, oh my God, they just, you know, they joined forces. Like Kyle's a good guy. I'm like, I don't think Kyle's a good guy. I, I was really surprised at the second. Like, is he really going to be like joining the resistance? Like, no, he's just, he just wants to be in it for his own power. And that's what happens. But that whole scene was so cool. Like when Ray's like kind of held at the neck and then she just drops the lightsaber excuse me, grabs it and then cuts the guy's midsection. And then she throws it to Ben and he like just shoots the guy behind him, like no scopes him with the, with the lightsaber right in the skull. I think that was the moment when they're talking that Star Wars, like you alluded to Spartan dog could have changed forever. That I think that's the moment is when, you know, Kylo again says, you know, he's like, let the past die. He says, Ray, join me. That, that, I don't know how they would have done it, but it could have been something pretty incredible for them to join hands and not necessarily him take off the black and put on, you know, white robe and garb like, you know, Anakin did at the end of Return of the Jedi. But I think 
that was the moment where we could have seen something incredible come from episode nine. And they just completely, like we all said, they, they panicked. They, they didn't know what to do. Yeah. I, that the throne room scene, I think is one of the, the most beautifully shot scenes in star Wars period. Incredible. It's very so, cool. it's so kinetic. It, the choreography is so it's grounded because there are some points in the prequel trilogy where it's just like, all right, like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? And it's like super clean. Not, a, not a lot of like sensory overload, you know, like no. it's black against white against red. And that's. I, and Kylo Ren's a really fucking good fighter too. Yeah. Like he doesn't just rely on his lightsaber. Like he, he knows like a good football player. He knows how to use his body. Like he, backs off he like just uses momentum and his energy to back off these guys give himself room to work with his lightsaber whereas ray was just like didn't really wasn't that combative she kind of had to you know be a little more crafty with it not saying anything about her being you know smaller or or woman or anything it's just like you know she didn't have the training that kylo ren obviously had because he fucked those guys up I think it was one of the most cooperative lightsaber duels we've ever seen because like most the the original trilogy basically the only two people with lightsabers are Vader and Luke. Yeah. And Obi-Wan. And then you know it's Luke and Obi-Wan, it's Luke and Vader, Luke and Vader. And then the prequel trilogy like there are more people involved, but it always somehow just goes down to one on one. Like someone gets knocked out and it just, it's one-on-one for a while. But this was like a cool kind of cooperation where they're like throwing lightsabers back and forth at each other. Mm -hmm. Like they're launching people and, you know, they're they're force pushing other people around and, you know, they're throwing people into each other. And like they threw some guys in like those pits in the middle of the room where like they just (coughs) combusted. Yeah, that was a cool that was a cool kind of that was a different kind of kind of duel than we've seen you know just the one-on-one light whacking lightsabers at each other well, you know the the obi-wan the famous obi-wan and anakin video where they're just swinging their lightsabers endlessly <laughs> yeah and there's like they're not even coming in contact with each other yeah well like i remember watching you know i was obsessed with the trailer for this movie because like the first teaser trailer in april 2017 I'm in. It was fucking amazing. The score was incredible. And it just was like, holy shit, this is going to be awesome. And I remember watching one of the, like the Japanese trailers and it was a big mistake because it showed Kylo Ren reaching out his hand and it was, you know, edited to where Ray was like, I need someone to show me my place in all this. And then it shows Kylo Ren taking, you know, taking it or giving his hand, excuse me, M. I thought, oh, shit, is he really going to – I thought, is she going to turn? Like, I was like, okay, if she turns, this could be interesting because then it flips the whole dynamic. Like, if she was like, you know, these Jedi guys kind of suck. They're old assholes. I want to be a Sith. And then Episode Nine would have been a little more interesting because they could have still – I don't think they should have, but they still possibly could have done the Palpatine relationship with her and made it a little more intriguing. That's just a thought that popped up to me. Yeah, it would have been cool if both of them had abandoned 
had abandoned their their post, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they had just both just said, fuck it, let's get out of here. And then they ran away together in, you know, romantic whatever. But if they had just like were done with this with this dichotomy of like light and dark, right? Like yeah. like if they existed outside of this outside of outside of the light and dark side of the force, which we know exists. Mm-hmm. So and um you know you kind of get these teases that Kylo might be okay. Like he might join, he might go back to light. And then when he thinks he has his fucking uncle on this planet, like surrounded by AT-ATs, like <laughs> he just goes fire everything at that man. And like my, I went and watched my mom and she's just like, holy shit. Like she never, she never says that stuff. But when he's like, I want you to fire everything at that man. And they all look at him like, are you fucking crazy? Like he really wanted to kill his uncle. That's that was like, man, I don't think this dude's redeemable. I don't think he should have been redeemable. And it sucks that they redeem him anyway. It wasn't well done. That was the worst part. No, it was very haphazard. But like the last thing I will say is that <clears throat> the part when, you know, Kylo comes down to talk to who he thinks is Luke. Like he thinks it's him still. And that little speech he says, you know, the resistance or the the resistance was reborn. The rebellion was reborn today, um, and he goes, "I will not be the last Jedi." That got me a little choked up, like just the close up on his face, and like this guy who I've worshipped, you know, for my entire life is saying that. It was like, holy shit, what a moment! And the music, the build up, because it goes quiet, and then when Luke Kylo strikes him, and he gets totally punked in front of the entire First Order fleet. And, you know, just starts screaming. And that was just an incredible moment because the, the music for that part was just made it that much better, too. Yeah, I, I fucking love this movie. Musically, I think this is John Williams' best best work since Duel of the Fates. Hmm. You know, I think he spent a lot of time in the mid to late 2000s and 2010s kind of mailing it in. But here he was, here he was locked in and... Yeah, you know, he just he went for it, and I think I think it really pays off in that moment. And and Luke Skywalker redeemed himself in the way that he really could with Ben, because when he saw Ben again, he's like, "Man, this kid's more fucked up than I remember." And he re- he became even more of a legend because you know Ray was talking about the legend of Luke Skywalker, and he was able to die, but like die at peace with himself like he accomplished something it made him feel better about leaving because you know he gave Leia a kiss on the head goodbye and she probably knew he was gone and but that was just an incredible part is that this this really he didn't want to be a hero I mean in my opinion I don't think he really wanted to be a legend or a hero but he he went out the way he wanted to and I I think it I think I, I fucking love this movie yeah, there's there's nothing more to say. This no. movie fucking rules. Yeah, it was awesome. Yep. All right. So that's it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk Return of the Rise of Skywalker. That'll be fun. Oh, God damn it. Uh, Mitch, thanks, thank you as always for joining us. Yeah, uh, fellas, go green. Go white. Go white. I love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I'm counting on a new me.
of joy for all the pleasure and the certainty that we're surrounded by the comfort and protection of the Thank you.